This Bible teaching comes to you from the Apostolic Church All Nation Centre in Kennington, London. Here now is Pastor Victor Jibuke with the Word of God. Good morning. Um, it's always a privilege and an honour. I consider it um, to be a privilege and an honour to be able to share God's Word with you this morning. And my prayer as we go into God's Word um, is that uh, God will cause us to be inspired by His Word. The unchanging Word of God will transform and change us as we open our hearts to what the Holy Spirit is saying in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You know, there is a, a TV program quite popular. It's called X Factor. And a number of people will always kind of put themselves up uh, to display their musical talents. And their hope is that one of the judges or a panel of judges will say the words, congratulations, you're through to the next round. It's actually even more awesome if you are the one that hears those incredible words, congratulations, you're the winner of X Factor. Think how that sounds in the ears. You know that, well, that's the door to fame and fortune and riches and everything else that comes with it. Today, I want to talk, talk, talk to you about the, on the subject, the adventurer in God, chosen by him for his glory. This is not chosen by men, chosen by, for your talent, but chosen not because of any effort on our, our part, but because of his mercy, he chose us to display and to declare his glory. The text for our message today is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. Peter says, but you are the ones chosen by God. This is the message Bible. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him. To tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. Peter had been writing to the Christians um, who are facing persecution and living in a strange land. And he was saying to them that, you know, don't be like the world around you. Don't, you know, there are behaviors, there are characters that you uh, must not display. Um, you cannot, you shouldn't be lying or cheating or slanderous and so on. And here he tells them why. He says, you have a special relationship with God because he has chosen you to display his glory. That's why you can't get involved in things like that. You see, by virtue of the resurrection, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, by virtue of the work that he did on the cross of Calvary, and by trusting in his salvation, trusting in his deliverance, what has happened is that God has taken you and I from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. From a place where we didn't know God, we didn't know his purpose for our lives. Suddenly our eyes are open and we now know what God's purpose is for our lives. And so having been translated for, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, what is the purpose? The purpose is, according to Peter, that we must show his glory through our lives. To declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into light. 
I love the way Paul puts it in Philippians chapter 120. Paul says this, I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. That my life will honor God, whether I live or die. That is his purpose for my life. And this life of an adventurer in God is a life who knows that God has chosen them. Chosen you for what? To, to, to declare his purpose, to declare his glory through your life. So today I want to speak to you about three things, three things that in my view are the implications of living the life of an adventurer, one who knows that God has chosen them for his glory. The first thing is that you need to live a life of expectation. Living a life of expectation. You know, so often I've heard people say, you know, I don't expect much from life. That way I don't get disappointed. Have you heard that one? Or I don't expect much from people. So that way they don't disappoint me. I've even heard Christians say that. Sometimes we stop believing that people can change. That things can change. We don't expect much. Sometimes life has dealt us such a bad hand that we begin to feel that there is nothing more to live for, nothing more to expect because we're only going to be disappointed. Nothing's going to change. The world is not going to change. So many Christians have stopped believing and stopped living in expectation. When we read Hebrews 11, we see individuals who lived a life of expectation, a life of optimism. People who in the face of obstacles, formidable obstacles, refused to give up. And God calls us to emulate these lives. Listen to Hebrews 1, sorry, Hebrews 11, 1. And it talks to us, this is the backstory to the lives of these individuals that we read about in, in chapter 11. This is the backstory to their lives stories. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So faith, we are told, is a substance of things hoped for. So there is an interconnection between faith and hope. Faith is about conviction. Hope is about confidence. But sometimes we get it wrong about what faith really is. Some of us think faith is about wishful thinking. It's about, you know, I just, I would like this. You know, we can see someone's house and say, I claim that. It's for me. And that's faith, Right? Faith is more than that. Faith is more than ideas. In a room full of people discussing any issue, there will be a lot of people with big ideas. Application might be found wanting, but there are ideas. Faith is more than just big ideas. Faith, we're told here in Hebrews 11, is actually about substance. It's about what has not happened, knowing that what has not happened will in fact happen. There's a certainty about it, not because you and I will make it happen, but because God has promised that it will happen. And that's why it will happen. So faith, it's about conviction about things 
that are on sin. It's about a promise of a better future for you, for your family, for your children, for me, for I, for the world around us. That God has a dream that things can be changed. Transformation can take place in other people's lives. And that dream is bigger than the dream, any dreams that you and I can dream about. And, you know, everything else can be uncertain, but we know for sure that God is faithful. And whatever vision or whatever dream and whatever promise that God has made, that he will bring it to pass. That is the life of an adventurer who knows that because God has spoken, it will come to pass. And I want to work with God to bring about those things that God has already spoken about. That is awesome when we start to live in that way. One of the things that we have seen in the last few months in all of the things that have happened is that God never fails. God is able to keep that which is committed unto him. He is trustworthy. Everything else might be uncertain about our world today. You know, friends, your job might be uncertain. The government might be uncertain about things. We don't know what might happen tomorrow or the next. But there is one thing that is for sure, and that is God's character, God's faithfulness. And when we get into the... Uh, when we join in with God and we recognize the faithfulness, faith propels us to expect great things. I love the way that, that um, William Carey said it 200 years ago. He says this, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Right? Many of us stop at the first. Expect great things. My expectation is from the Lord. The expectations of the righteous shall not be caught up. But he goes on, he says, attempt great things for God. Your faith is not complete until you move from expectation to attempting great things for God. And when we look at the lives of the men and women we talked about in Hebrews 11, we realize that these were men who, and women who went beyond just looking at, oh, well, what is, what is happening now? To say, look, I want to be part of what God is doing. I want to accomplish things in God. I'm expecting that even though I am small, God is greater, his power is greater, and he can do the impossible through me. Are you believing that today? Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love David in Psalm 18. He says, look, it is you who light my lamp. The Lord, my God, lightens my darkness. For by you, I can run against a troop. And by God, I can leap over a wall. You have to believe that. That whatever the obstacles that are in your way, whatever it is that's dragging you back, that is causing you not to expect more from your life, that to say, you know, I can go beyond this. David says, I can run by my God, not by my own power. I can run against a troop. Who is coming against you? You've got enemies around you and you're worried about that and you can't move forward. Maybe addictions are in your life. Maybe there are other things that are dragging you back. But you've got to believe, my brother, my sister, that by your God, you will leap over a wall, over those walls, over those obstacles, that those walls of Jericho can come down. And that you can go into your destiny, into your promised land, into the, into, the, into the purpose that God has planned and destined for your life. That's my prayer for you. That those fears, those failures, those habits, those addictions that have held you back, that today God will break them so that you can be released to go on an adventure with God, chasing his glory, seeing him manifested in your life, whether big or small. 
So that's the first thing you need to do as an adventurer in God. Don't settle for less, expect more. The second thing is take risks for God. An adventurer in God who knows that they've been chosen by God is a man or a woman who has to take risks for God. You have to. You have to be willing to sacrifice, to do things that you've never done before, to go where you've never been before. You know, the irony is that sometimes God fills our lives with so much blessing. You know, God grants us graciously so much that we ask for that the very thing that God has put into our lives as a blessing becomes the thing that causes us to resist his will when he wants us to move on. For some, it might be their marriage. For others, it's their children. For some, it's their job. Whatever it is, whatever blessing that has come into their lives become the very thing that causes them not to rise up and move forward in what God is calling them to do. What I have to ask myself, or you have to ask yourself is, am I willing to move from what, where I am now, from where I know now to what I could create, to the future that God is calling me to? Am I willing to give up what I know now for the things that I don't know? Look at the example we have uh, of Abraham when he had to make this tough choice. I've, I've had to make the choice many times and God has challenged me. Are you prepared to move beyond what you know? Move into a new realm. Do something greater than you're doing now. Are you prepared for what it will cost you to make that sacrifice? It says in verse 8 of that uh, chapter 11 in Hebrews, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Abraham was willing to make that sacrifice because he knew that there was greater coming as a result of that sacrifice. It reminds me of Jesus, who for the joy that was set up before him, we're told, humbled himself and became obedient even to the death of the cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him. My question is, are we ready to make the sacrifices that we need to make so that God can be glorified through our lives? I mean, there's no evidence that Abraham was a bad guy. He wasn't a mass murderer. He didn't, he didn't need, I mean, there's nothing that tells us that he needed his life to be, to be shaped up and cleaned up. But yet, living in that home, in that security, in that certain place, God calls him to a place that he didn't know. Because God wanted to do greater things. Since risk is part of God's plan. Progress will always involve a risk. You will always need to, to be courageous to go where God wants you to go. Courage is going to be needed. To be an adventurer, you need courage. Yeah? It is the person that takes that risk that gets what God wants to do. You know, in football, they say, if you don't put the tackle in, you're not going to get that ball, right? The opposition team will knock it around all day long and, and score goals all day long until one member of your team or you decide to put in a tackle and win the ball back. 
After pointing to the better known heroes of faith, this is what Paul says in verse 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shot the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. What a picture. <laughs> Pastor Saki always says to us, it is not the lazy man yeah, who sees a lion in the street. That's not really a picture of courage, is it? Yeah? It is the man or a woman who goes into that pit on a snowy day, slays a lion. Who is in the pit with the lion? That's where you're going to get what it takes for God to be glorified. When we are fighting lions and we are taking on giants and we are winning. When David saw Goliath, it was an opportunity for God to be glorified. He didn't see that as something to run away from like everybody else. He saw that as an opportunity for God's glory. He wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about God. An adventurer in God is willing to take risks. And my brother, my sister, as you take that step, as you move, for some of you, it might be that you need to wake up earlier than the time you normally wake up. That first hour of the day to spend that time, to sacrifice that sleep so that you can spend time meditating on what God's will is for your life. Speaking to God himself as he pours his power into your life and you can go out there and change the world around you. So many of us. The sacrifice that God, the risks that God is calling you to make are different, but, in this, but, the, but the results are the same. God wants to be glorified and he wants you to do, make some sacrifice so that you can go into the life that God is calling you to live as an adventurer in God. So take risks for God. It's part of his plan. And then thirdly and finally, recognize your uniqueness. Don't compare your life with others. The man or a woman who is an adventurer in God, who knows that God has chosen them for his glory, is a man or a woman who understands the uniqueness of their lives. That God has created you specially, uniquely you. That you are like no one else on this planet with the uh, unique giftings, with a unique calling, with a purpose. John 15, 16, Jesus said this, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. What an awesome, awesome promise. Huh? We didn't choose God, but God chose us. God chose you. Why? Because he even not just chose, but he appointed you. It means he, he put his hands upon you and, and, and calls you out for a purpose that you will go and bear much fruit. Fruit that will last. That's why, <coughs> excuse me, you should never compare yourself with others. Never compare, measure your success with what others have or have not done. It's crazy to do that. God has called you to your unique purpose and plan in life. It is to God that you must look for measure of your success. Don't take anybody else's um, measure of success as your own. Right? Don't build your faith on the destiny of other people. You know that old saying that says, you know, your grandfather might be 6.5 tall. It doesn't mean that you will be. You still have to do your own growing. You still have to do what you need to do to grow. So there is something about keeping 
your thoughts and actions in relation to what God's plan is for your life rather than what God's plan is for somebody else. Because it's going to be difficult for you to achieve what God is calling you to when you're constantly thinking about others. What do they think of me? What are they judge? People are going to judge you. It is a sad fact of life that when a man or a woman takes God at his word and starts to strike out in God and starts to do the things that God is calling them to do, people are going to talk. People are going to say, well, why? You know, know yourself. You know, there's a saying we have in our household. We always say, know yourself. All right? They're going to say, know yourself. Why are you doing this? What is that for? But God has called you. He has gifted you uniquely. I love Psalm 139 and 13. He says, you created my inmost being. This is David understanding who he is. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to me. God has written your life story. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's already written your life story. He knows it. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow or the next, right? So concentrate on the story that God has written for you, not the story that God has written to, for, for, for your brother or your sister or for somebody else in the church. Oh, I know what the pastor should be doing. I know what the choir leader should be doing. If I was there, I would be doing this. No, no, no. What is God doing in your life? What, is he, what does he want you to do? That's what you should focus on. And a man or a woman who is an adventurer in God will be one that will not be comparing themselves with others, but recognizing that who they are and they will know who they are in God. We sing that song, I know who I am. I know who is, what he says I am. And it doesn't matter what you see now. Can you see his glory? Can't you see his glory? Well, let's live like that. Let's live knowing who we are in God and pursuing God's glory, pursuing the things that he has laid out for our lives. Saints, this is so crucial. So, this is this is. Christianity 101, chasing after God's glory. We are too obsessed with chasing after the things that are going on in the world. We become part of the world. We become part of and parcel of the prevailing culture, chasing after clothes, money, possessions, Instagram followers, and all of those things. Instead of chasing after the things that God is passionate about, the transformation of lives, the, the, the change that needs to take place in society, in the lives of people in the church, in the lives of people around us. What, when are we going to be obsessed about that, saints? What time do we have left after we have spent all our time agonizing about the amount of money that we are making or the amount of properties that we own? Where is the time left to be passionate about what God is passionate about, to dream the God-sized dreams? Where is the energy left? No. So if you forget everything that I've said today, it's about this, that God has chosen you to join him for an incredible adventure, which will involve you doing great things for his glory. I'm going to say that again, because that's the summary. God has chosen you to join him for an incredible adventure, which would involve you doing great things for his glory. I want to achieve great things for glory. Life is too short for me to just passively waste away and just say, you know, I'll just be doing the same thing now and again. When am I going to venture out and do something different from, for God? 
over the last year, one of the wonderful testimonies we've seen is men and women of God, as the pandemic hit the church, people have risen up, stepped up to be used of God, to continue so that God's people will be blessed. And that's why the church is blossoming despite everything that has happened because they realize, hallelujah, that there is an adventure in God and part of that is rising up to the challenge, rising up to the dreams that God has already put in place to, to, to accomplish in the lives of people and being a part of that work to help it to, to, to happen. Well, I finish now. You, you, may re, you may listen to all of this and you might start to say to me, well, you know, um, I, I'll just wait until something happens. I'm waiting for, um, you know, my job to get better. I'm waiting for my children to grow up. I'm waiting for time to become more available to me. You might be waiting for millions of things, but I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. There is no better time than now to start this incredible adventure with God, to go boldly where you haven't been before, to start to do the things that you haven't done before, to live a life of expectation, to take risks for God, to recognize your uniqueness and begin to operate in your unique gifting so that God will be glorified. That's my prayer. Father, I pray that God will be glorified. I pray that your dreams and your visions for our lives will be manifested, that lives will be changed as we step up, as we join you in this adventure to see your glory manifested in our lives, to see you use us like we've never been used before, to go to places where we've never been to go, to move out of our comfort zone to uncomfortable, to move from a place of certainty to a place of uncertainty. And as we do that, like Abraham did, we realize that actually through us, your blessing can come to so many others. Help us, Lord. Grant us strength. Grant us grace. Because you said, by strength can no man prevail. We need you. Help us, Father, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. You just listened to Pastor Victor Jibuke of the Apostolic Church All Nation Centre in Kennington, London. Our address is 13 Tyres Terrace, Lambeth, London, SE11 5LZ. Call us on 020-7820-9917. Find us on the web at www.apostolic-anc.org. The All Nation Centre reaching out into the community in practical and caring ways.